Hello and welcome to The Spectator's Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency in 2017. I'm Freddie Gray and I'm Deputy Editor of The Spectator. I'm joined today by the BBC's Paul Wood, who is also a fellow of the New America Foundation, and we're going to be discussing the first indictment of Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian meddling with the American election last year. Paul, with the all the allegations this week about uh, not only Trump's in collusion with Russia, but now possibly sort of historic collusion with Russia in, in the highest levels of American government going back 20 years, that, where the blame is pinned on both Democrats and Republicans. Is it possible now that this is becoming a problem for Washington on both parties, not just Donald Trump? It has the potential to go there, and that has to be worrying for a lot of Democrats in Washington. Remember that the Mueller inquiry is not about the Trump campaign, it is about political interference and coordination, possible coordination, with political parties in the campaign. So what we had uh, on Tuesday was Tony Podesta, brother of John, campaign manager for Hillary or campaign chairman, resigning from his work at his lobbying firm, which had been tangentially mentioned in the Manafort indictment. A lot of money has been sloshing around Washington from all sorts of sources in the Eastern Bloc, including Ukraine, including Russia, and I think inevitably some of that has stuck to Democrats as well. But with um, these special prosecutions inside the White House, their their remit is not limited, is it? I mean, Ken Starr or something like that with the Clintons, It's it, you know the prosecution with the Clintons started on real estate and ended up with sexual allegations about Monica Lewinsky. So, I mean, these, these investigations can start sprawling all over the place, can't they? Well, Ken Starr was criticised for, for uh, letting an initial investigation into a financial deal, Whitewater, turn into Monica Lewinsky's blue dress. With this, I don't think uh, Mueller has to go beyond his brief. He's already allowed to look at uh, possible collusion between American citizens and the Russians in the election campaign. That gives him a very wide brief to look at anybody who talked to any Russian, any Ukrainian about anything which could be traced back to the Kremlin. So uh, I don't think um, he has to go looking for new territory. It's all right there in his backyard already. And what do you see as the uh, time frame on this now? Because uh, we've had first indictments this week, but there's going to be more rolling out soon. How soon until we can tell whether Trump is really trapped or whether he will get out of it? Or is that an impossible question to ask? I think this will all happen quite fast, only because Mueller assembled a top team of prosecutors with uh, lucrative private practices. It would have been difficult for him to get them to sign on for something that would have unspooled over years, as Ken Starr's inquiry did, and something uh, which um, uh, didn't have at least some basis in fact. American commentators say that the trial of Paul Manafort and his deputy Rick Gates could take 18 months to two years. That's always assuming they don't do a plea deal, as this other character, George Papadopoulos, did. But we are seeing the opening moves in the chess match. Uh, This is the first set of indictments and the first guilty plea. And in classic prosecutor fashion, you know, when you prosecute the mob, when you prosecute financial crime, when you go after politicians in an alleged scandal, you start at the outer perimeter and you work in. Um, I think, for instance, that Mr Trump's son, Donald Jr., ought to be very worried by the Papadopoulos guilty plea. Mr Papadopoulos says he went to get dirt on Hillary Clinton. Well, Donald Trump Jr. has said getting dirt on Mrs Clinton was why he met a Russian lawyer later uh, connected to the Kremlin. And we're often told that Trump is desperate to fire Mueller, uh, but he hasn't yet, presumably because that would make him look tremendously guilty. Will it get to a stage where he has to, or is that just rumour mill? I think it came as a surprise to some of us that he fired James Comey. 
Uh, and one reasonable assumption is that what Comey had told him about the evidence he had, the charges he intended to bring, uh, was so drastic uh, that the uh, rather alarming step of firing Comey seemed the logical one to Trump. Um, I guess the president could try to cut off Mueller's funds, then Congress could try to uh, give him different money. Um, he could fire him, and that would, I think, bring to mind the night of the long knives when Richard Nixon had to go through an attorney general, a deputy, and get to a solicitor general before he could fire the Watergate special prosecutor, Archibald Cox. It would certainly make Mr. Trump look very guilty. So some of his friends and allies have been coming up with alternative schemes. Uh, Roger Stone, for instance, um, said to a conservative website, The Daily Caller, you know, there's something strange going on with the uranium deal involving the Clinton Foundation and John Podesta. And uh, if Mueller investigated that, or if we started an investigation into it, he'd have to recuse himself from all these other matters uh, because he had a position in Washington at the time this uranium deal took place. Uh, and Stone laid out this rather Byzantine plan because, in his view, unless Trump stops Mueller, then his survival as president is in doubt. And you think the Podesta story is a similar strategy being exercised? I mean, I know it's led, it's led Tucker Carlson's show a couple of nights running. You think that there's a, there's a sort of conservative agenda to dredge up as much Clinton stuff as they can connected to Russia as a, as a reply to Well, you could call it tactical, Trump stuff. or you could say there are some reasonable questions to be asked about who got paid what by whom. And if Democrats took money, why shouldn't they make a similar accounting uh, to those of the Trump campaign? The difference is, as Mr. Trump likes to point out, he won. Collusion is a very dark, dark word, and we hear it quite a lot in this, and you use it in your piece. What is collusion in the context of Trump-Russia, and do you think we'll see any real evidence of it? Collusion is the idea that people on political campaigns cooperated with the Russians as they sabotaged, in the view of the US intelligence community, the US presidential election. You could have been cooperating with the Russians unwittingly, but collusion is something more witting. It is essentially the allegation that people entered into a treasonous conspiracy with the Kremlin. Mr Trump is quite right. No evidence of any treasonous conspiracy has yet been produced by Mueller or anybody else. What we're getting, and this is my opinion having talked to people who've seen the intelligence and people who work in the intelligence world, is an image of two rather chaotic organisations. One is the Trump campaign and one is Vladimir Putin's Kremlin. The Trump campaign is full of people new to politics, some of whom uh, have been accused of having uh, moral compasses which are slightly defective. And some of Mr Trump's cronies uh, apparently thought, one, that the Russians could help them out with dirt on Hillary Clinton, and it didn't really matter what the source of the information was. Like Donald Trump Jr. Like Mr Trump Jr., like George Papadopoulos, didn't see anything wrong with that, even though Russia's foreign government. And two, there was even a feeling that maybe even money could be made. A letter was written by Michael Cohen, Trump's personal lawyer, at the beginning of the election season, saying to the Russians, you know, by the way, we'd like to build a Trump Tower in Russia, in Moscow. Um, that letter was initially ignored, by the way. Uh, on the other hand, you have uh, the Kremlin, which doesn't seem to take Mr Trump's uh, prospects very seriously at first. And then March 2016, this is according to various intelligence sources, the Russians suddenly woke up to the fact that he would be the Republican nominee and possibly president after that. The way that very important intelligence operations are run in the Kremlin, I'm told, is that Mr Putin takes personal charge of it but says, here's a pot of money, and uh, to people in his security services and to people connected to them, if you want to get access to that pot of money, you come forward with a good idea about how to further that agenda. That's why you have these 
series of apparently chaotic and bumbling attempts by people like George Papadopoulos on the one hand to meet the Russians and by Russians such as this lawyer who met Donald Trump Jr. on the other hand to meet Trump people. A treasonous conspiracy that is not, but it is people trying to reach out to one another in a way that I think they might find embarrassing if they have to answer for it before a jury or before Mr Muller's investigators. It's not a conspiracy, but it is contact, it is possible coordination. That is my gut instinct about where all this is going, and it's, it's what a lot of intelligence people have said to me. Of course, um, we always have to put in uh, that denial from Mr Trump. He says it's all a witch hunt. Does the problem go back slightly in that if you're trying to prove that an election was sabotaged, that's quite a hard thing to do? I mean, what is, what is sabotaging an election in this context? Well, the specifics of the allegation uh, is that Russia hacked Democratic Party politicians, got their emails, found damaging material in it, and then leaked it on WikiLeaks using automated bots, Facebook uh, and Twitter, uh, and then injected this material into the body politic, eventually to be picked up by the mainstream media. So committed an illegal act and then gave it to the Trump campaign? Well, the question is, would the Russians have known who to hack... Would they have known where to place that on Facebook, which were the key states? Uh, would they have known when to leak it? The supposition from intelligence people and from senior officials in the Obama administration is that this would have taken coordination. And the hunt is on now by Mueller and others to look at whether there was coordination. Remember the former British spy Christopher Steele, he said that his Russian contacts had told him there was this coordination. But as Mr Trump says, quite rightly, there's never been proof of that. That is what the Mueller investigation is all about. And Trump does seem not to be hiding from this. He still tweets about it on a regular basis. Um, we know, we think we know that he is furious at Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, for having put him in this position where he's now facing a, such a straight arrow special prosecutor who will cause him all sorts of problems. Do you think he is now in a hopeless situation as far as his presidency is concerned? It certainly seems like an extraordinarily chaotic presidency. You know, he's lost a chief of staff, a press secretary, head of communications twice. Uh, cabinet secretaries have, have come and gone. His national security adviser, General Flynn, went in the early days. It looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. And indeed, you could interpret uh, the fact that he ended up with a special prosecutor because he didn't know exactly how Washington worked, didn't know what the consequences of firing Comey would be, didn't know that Sessions would recuse himself. It all looks fairly amateurish. Um, then again, Trump ran as an outsider, and I don't think any of this matters to his base. Uh, the question is whether keeping the support of your base will matter when there is a legal process, when somebody as tough as Mueller is looking for evidence, and when Congress will eventually take a political view on the strength of that evidence. And any administration, uh, you know, whether it's here in Britain or in the US, if it has to, it has to lose people day after day, it becomes impossible to govern. So I imagine that in classic FBI style, Mueller is setting, setting a perjury trap for people. That's the trap that Mr Papadopoulos fell into. And people are going to have to be very careful about the answers they give, or they could find themselves uh, being prosecuted, having to resign, even if there was no underlying offence. Do you think that possibly, I mean, certainly Trumpists think this, do you think that possibly a larger section of the American public than many might realise think that the Russia scandal is an elite obsession. They watch it on CNN every night and they think, oh, here's CNN going on about this Russia stuff when there's more important things going on in America. Certainly Trump's base thinks that. These um, charges probably even help him with the base. It makes him look as if he's set against official Washington, draining the swamp. You know, it's just been extraordinary. I can't think of another president um, in modern political history who has 
been at public war with his own intelligence services. And that's because when Trump started getting briefings, that was about August 2016, he didn't like what he heard and started criticizing them on Twitter, even in the view of some intelligence people, comparing them to Nazis, going to the CIA headquarters and making a political statement in front of the Wall of Stars, which commemorate the fallen. Uh, I don't think anybody can remember a situation like that. Uh, but I think to Trump's base, matters not a whit. Paul, that's absolutely fascinating. Uh, please join us again soon to discuss more developments. There will be more developments. <laughs>